Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. I speak in the name of the one living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The classic 1967 movie, Cool Hand Luke, starred Paul Newman as Luke. Now Luke, as it turns out, was just a kind of a small-time petty thief, but he had a broad, rebellious streak. Luke was arrested at the very beginning of the movie, and the rest of the movie was set during Newman's, during Luke's imprisonment as a member of a chain gang in the Deep South. Now, throughout the movie, Luke's antagonist was the warden of this chain gang. We never learned the warden's name. He was simply called the captain. The captain, as it turned out, was a cruel man. Throughout the movie, there were a series of encounters between Luke and and the captain where Luke was punished for his rebellious acts until finally we get to what I think is the most famous scene in the movie. 
Luke has once again gone afoul of the captain's rules and it's time for him to be punished. And the captain punishes Luke by beating him savagely. And as Luke is lying on the ground, bloodied, the captain turns and looks at all the other prisoners who have been assembled to watch this event and utters a line that is so famous that people who have never seen the movie can quote it and do often. The captain looks out and says, what we have here is failure to communicate. Some of you have heard that. Probably even used it. Now, believe it or not, I see something of a parallel between that famous scene in Cool Hand Luke and the Christmas event. You see, in a very real way, a failure of communication is like a thread that runs through the Bible. Now, make no mistake about it. God's response to the breakdown in communication between God and humanity is the antithesis of the captain's response to that failure to communicate. Where the captain responds with cruelty and savagery, God responds with love. Now, we can take a look at the Old Testament and see that in one sense... It is a series of God's effort to communicate with humanity and that communication failing. We can start with Adam and Eve and then go to Noah and Abraham and all the patriarchs and matriarchs and the prophets. Time after time, God speaks to his people to or through these people I've just just listed. And for a time... For a time, we, t- we seem to listen and we obey God's instructions, but then very quickly, we seem to forget and turn away. And so over and over throughout the Old Testament, it's the same thing. God communicates to us. We obey for a little while and fall away, but God and God's love comes back once more. It's wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. That is, until Christmas. You see, Christmas is God's ultimate and ingenious solution to this failure of communication. God becomes human to communicate with us. Let me see if I can make my point through an illustration, through a, through a story. Now, the story I'm about to tell you, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to fess up and tell you this, that I have stolen this story from an older and wiser priest. But I don't feel too bad about that because I'm pretty sure he stole it from somebody before him. <laughs> it seems there was a farmer once who loved what he did. He loved being a farmer. He loved everything about it. And one of the parts of being a farmer that gave him the greatest joy was the ability to interact with all of God's creatures, with with animals in nature. And he loved all the animals, but he had a particular fondness 
for birds. He loved birds, loved to watch them fly, loved to hear them sing, loved everything about them. He farmed his land in such a way that it was a friendly place for birds. It was something of a bird sanctuary. He took great pleasure in these birds. And so, of course, he became very distressed when one winter the storm of the century was approaching. Not much different than what we've been experiencing the last 24, 48 hours here, except with a whole lot of snow thrown on top of it. And this distressed the farmer greatly because he knew that many, many of his friends, many of these, of these birds were ill-equipped and would not survive the onslaught of this storm. As I say, he was distressed about it and he pondered, how can I help them? How can I help them? And finally, he hit upon an answer. This was a very large farm and he had a huge barn. A barn that was windproof, that was filled with straw and hay. It was, in other words, the perfect place for birds to gather and weather the storm. They could survive there without any problem. And so when the idea came to him, he ran to the farm, I mean, excuse me, ran to the barn, opened the massive doors and waited for the birds to come in. And he waited. And he waited. None of the birds came. And as he was waiting and beginning to worry, he, thought, he, he said to himself, I just want them to understand that I love them and I want to protect them. But again, he waited, he waited, and finally the storm, the storm arrived and the birds were not there. And it became clear that the birds were not going to take refuge in the barn. He slowly closed those massive doors began to trudge home through the gathering snow. As he got to the front steps of his, of his farmhouse, he was knocking the snow off of him, and suddenly he just screamed out loud, I wish I could just have become a bird for a few minutes, just for a little while, so then they would understand. You see, God... Like the farmer wanted to become a bird, to communicate directly with the birds, God chose to become one of us in the person of Jesus to communicate with us, to tell us, I love you and I want to protect you. Now in response to this story, the sad fact is many people think that's a nice story, but it can't be me that he's talking about. Can God possibly love and want to protect me? In other words, the question is begged, who is this message intended? Who is supposed to be the recipient of this communication? Well, that question is answered, I think, in today's gospel lesson. It's answered in that portion of the lesson where the angels announce the birth of Jesus. Did you notice that they didn't announce this birth to the rich and the famous and the powerful? Remember, in the first century, in that part of the world, there was a very rigid social structure. And those at the very top of the pyramid, the rich, the powerful, the famous, they were deemed to have been favored already by God. And if the angels had announced to those people the birth of Christ, well, the unspoken message would have been, 
This is just for those who have already been favored. But that's not what happened. The angels announced the birth of Jesus to shepherds. Now, you and I, we think about shepherds because they're all over the Bible stories as, as wonderful people. But shepherds in that world were at the very bottom of the socioeconomic food chain. On the social ladder, they occupied the very bottom rung. They were, they were essentially outcasts. And so when the angel goes to the shepherds and announces this good news, the undercurrent, the message there is this communication of love, this communication of protection is for everyone. It is for everyone. One of my favorite Christmas hymns is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It probably is an indication of my clout around this place that we are not singing that hymn this evening. <laughs> but it's okay, we'll sing it sometime during Christmas. But I bring it up tonight because the first two verses speak to this point I'm trying to make. I'm sure you're all familiar with it. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The communication of today, the message of this event, the birth of Christ, is that the sinners that are reconciled with God are all of us sinners. Every single one of us. That seems to me to be a pretty good reason to say, Merry Christmas, everyone. Amen. <laughs>